Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The FT ISAs, why you'll have to search high and low for a decent interest rate on your savings. How you can back growing British businesses and get great tax breaks too. And finally, some good news and some not so good news on pensions. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Jonathan Ely and I'll be bringing you all the money news this week in downloadable form with the help of my FT colleagues, Tanya Poli. Hello. Lucy Warwick-Ching. Hello. Josephine Cumbo. Hello. And our special guest, David Kay, Chief Executive of Puma Investments. Hello. Let's start with ISAs. The end of the tax year is fast approaching, and that can mean only one thing, a last-minute search for a decent home for those savings that you've had kicking around for most of the year but haven't quite got around to sorting out. Now, we'll be talking lots about stocks and shares ISAs in future money shows, but for this week, let's stick to cash. To recap, you can put up to £5,640 into a cash ISA account each year, and the interest you receive will be tax-free. You can move money between most ISA accounts, but once you take it out of the ISA wrapper, you cannot put it back in unless you have some unused allowance remaining for that tax year. In most years, at about this time of year, you get lots of special offers and big introductory bonus rates as ISA providers battle it out for your cash. This year, though, that's not really been happening. Tanya Poli has been looking at why. Tanya, give us some examples of the best rates around at the moment. So if you um, want actually instant access to your ISA savings, then the best buy rate you can get at the moment is 2.5% from Cheshire Building Society. And like most of the rates around that tend to be just sort of below around the sort of 2%, 2.25% um, mark for those. Um, when it comes to um, the best one-year fix, um, that's actually lower at 2.25% from Mansfield Building Society. If you want to like lock your money up for a bit longer, you can get a slightly better rate, but only just um, you get 2.5% for a five-year fix from Halifax. So actually, at the moment, there's no premium for locking up your money for five years in your ISA compared to actually instant access um, at 2.5% as well. And how do these rates compare to what was on offer, say, this time last year? It's a massive difference, actually. If, if we take the five-year market again, um, last year, Halifax was offering 4.4% uh, for locking up your ISA money for five years. Um, Today, they are the best buy again, but actually it's now at 2.5%, like I just mentioned. So there's a massive difference of where rates have gone. Well, the Bank of England's base rate is the same level today as it was a year ago, as indeed it was um, almost four years ago at 0.5%. Why have rates 
dropped um, so much on cash savings account? Why aren't why aren't banks bothering to seduce us anymore? It's actually all because of the government. Um, the government's funding for lending scheme, which they launched last August, um, was obviously launched to um, you know encourage banks and building societies to start lending more to home buyers and kind of spur activity in um, in the market. Um, it's actually had a very negative effect on savers, which is kind of a consequence of, of the scheme, really. Um, as banks and builder societies have all this kind of ready cash that they can get from this funding for lending scheme, they actually don't really need to rely on attracting retail deposits as much. So they're actually not really fighting to get your money as much as they were, say, this time last year. I mean, while the funding for lending scheme has seen like this, you know, we've actually the last few weeks that we've seen this like fricks rate price war in the mortgage market where like people borrowing money to move home, uh, getting access to sort of historically low rates, um, those who are trying to maybe save up the money for a deposit are being hit. Okay. And what about the old bonus rate trick where, where savings providers offer an introductory bonus um, to get your money in and then six months later quietly cut your interest rate to next to nothing? Is that still going on too? It's still alive and kicking. Um, the Cheshire Building Society Best Buy for the Instant Access ISA saving account that I mentioned earlier, that actually comes with a 2% um, bonus um, rate, which, I mean, it lasts for... Um, if, if you take out, take the rate out now, it lasts until July 2014. So it's a fair amount of time. But it's one of those things that you actually have to watch out for that, you know, when you actually apply for one of these rates, maybe put down in your diary the um, when the bonus rate is due to expire so that you know that's a good time to actually, you know, in the month leading up to it, start looking for you know, where you should move your ISA money to. And finally, some providers have been simplifying their offerings lately, haven't they? Is that good news for savers? It is. We haven't seen a lot of them um, make that same move. But basically... Um, NSNI and um, Commentary Building Society have actually done quite a big um, move for savers. NSI basically has moved 100,000 of its customers into its direct ISA, which pays a high amount. So all these customers were on, a, I think, a low pay rate of 0.5% on their existing ISA. Um, they've now been automatically moved into the higher rate of 2.25%. So that's that's great because really there's this whole big argument about the fact of why banks um, offer all these great new rates for um, new customers and then they let their existing customers kind of dwindle on these low rates of 0.5% and below. I mean, I've actually had this happen to me. I was with Halifax. I recently received a letter telling me that actually my rate is has gone down to 0.5%. And I took a quick look on their website and they're actually offering a um, instant access of 1.95% um, to new customers. So it's always worth making sure that you kind of have a quick look. Okay, thank you very much, Tanya. Don't forget, you can always... Um Catch up on more savings rate news in this weekend's FT Money, where, as usual, our databank pages will give you a good idea of the best rates and offers available at the moment. And rest assured, we'll be bringing you lots more ISA ideas in the weeks ahead. Still to come on the show, a rare bit of good news in the pensions arena. But first, let's find out how you can get paid to back fast-growing British businesses. There are two schemes that provide very generous tax relief to those investors who are prepared to lend to small, and in some cases very small, business ventures. One is venture capital trusts, which are listed on the stock market a little bit like investment trusts. The other is enterprise investment schemes, which allow you to invest in smaller companies for fixed periods. Both offer tax relief at 30%, meaning that if you invested £100,000, the government would allow you to knock up to £30,000 off your income tax bill. Any capital gains you make from either are exempt from capital gains tax subject to a minimum holding period. And venture capital trusts pay dividends that are also free of tax, while enterprise investment schemes qualify for business property relief, so there is no inheritance tax due. 
Lucy Warwick-Ching has been looking at VCT and EIS in more detail. Lucy, what sort of companies are we talking about here? How small in this context is small? Well, actually, there's been a few um, changes recently to the rules. So now the size of company that can benefit from these EIS and VCT investment has increased from 7 million to 15 million. And also the number of employees has increased. So now it can be a company with 250 employees that's worth up to 15 million pounds. So that actually has made the investment slightly less risky. David, I mean, maybe you can talk to us about why investors should put their money into VCTs. You're you're a VCT manager. Why should people be investing? Well, I think VCTs are often perceived as being higher risk investments. um, And it's true that they're not suitable for for everyone. But if they're properly understood, I think they can play a a very important part in people's portfolios. The hook, obviously, for many people uh, are the tax reliefs that Jonathan was was summarising. but I don't think the tax relief should be the decisive factor. I think, as, as you've suggested, uh, venture capital is, is a little bit of a misnomer in this space because, as you rightly suggest, the rules have changed. We can now invest in much larger, more significant, established businesses. And so it is not necessarily true venture capital, as most people would understand it, taking a bet on uh, many startups, you can actually invest in, in in established businesses. And I think the timing now is very interesting in, in the cycle, in the economic cycle, because high street banks, as we all know, have shut down, aren't lending to UK businesses. And so VCT managers have the pick of some very interesting companies, established companies, uh, and can Um, uh, offer finance to those companies at very attractive rates, which of course feeds back to to great returns for investors. So I think now is a a very interesting time for investors to think about venture capital trusts. As a journalist, I'm seeing lots of uh, new launches of VCTs and we're coming up to the end of the tax year anyway. So this is traditionally the time when people do launch their new VCTs. But you mentioned that bank lending is drying up then. So is this kind of a a precedent for VCTs? I think they do have more than ever a really important role to play now that the the banks are are constrained. I think there has been a delay in some of the launches this year. Uh, Advisors were focused very much on some very big changes to the way in which they provide advice called the Retail Distribution Review. And I think some product providers delayed their launches until around now. We actually launched uh, in November and we've been amazed at the the appetite in the market. Uh, I think for the reasons you highlight, that people are more interested uh, in investing in UK businesses. Um, We've already raised £6 million since November uh, and that's three times the amount we had raised this time last year. Uh, So there's definitely uh, an interest. And from product providers where there's an interested uh, investment market, then product providers tend to be uh, more interested in the space. But I I don't think we'll see an explosion of the number of providers uh, because it's actually quite hard to launch new products in this space. Uh, Investors understand this market. They look very carefully at track record. Uh, And so I think we'll see uh, a lot of the same providers coming out uh, as they are doing now with their launches. 
And can you just explain a little bit more about the FSA regulation that you mentioned? I spoke to the Association of Investment Companies. They are quite adamant that they think that this new regulation will have um, quite a bad effect on VCTs because some advisors may stop offering them. Can you just explain how you think it will affect the VCT market? Yeah, it's a very interesting question and there's a, a, a big debate in our industry at the moment around this. The FSA produced a consultation paper which was innocuously entitled CP1219 and the industry reacted quite um, vociferously uh, against it and I think really for good reasons because what it was suggesting was that VCTs uh, would be treated as unregulated collective investment schemes, USIS as the acronym goes, and that would mean VCTs could not be marketed to all retail investors. You'd have to be a sophisticated investor uh, and we felt that was wrong as many of, of, our, of our contemporaries in the industry did also, uh, not least because these are very far from unregulated investments. Actually, uh, as Jonathan mentioned, all VCTs are publicly listed. The process of becoming a publicly listed company is quite arduous and quite rigorous. Uh, your prospectus is reviewed by the UKLA and you're subject to their continuing monitoring. And I think the, the second thing that worries me is that we have here an attractive relief that's set up by government. And if you restrict the marketing of, of these products only to uh, effectively wealthy, sophisticated investors, uh, in fact, you're, you're preventing retail investors accessing that relief. Uh, in my view, I think the FSA have listened carefully to the consultation. And I think that going forward, uh, uh, this consultation will not result in the doomsday scenario that some people have, have outlined and actually uh, uh, we will still be able to promote to retail investors. Just finally given the vast variety of VCTs that are actually out there what are the key things that investors should be considering when they're choosing what to invest in? Well there are a vast variety I think there's four main categories you have AIM VCTs that invest in companies listed uh, on AIM you have specialist VCTs that are very sector specific like we saw a lot of solar energy VCTs VCTs in recent years. We have generalist VCTs that invest across the piece. And then you have what are called limited life or planned exit VCTs, where they seek to uh, wind up and give the capital back after a five year period. So the first thing that someone should look at is what type of VCT, look at all the different types, think about what time horizon they have for their investment are they looking for long-term income for many many years or would they like to have uh, more certainty that they'll have their capital back in in a defined period uh, the puma vcts wind up after five years and, and and some people find that attractive but i think the second and and, and perhaps most important thing to look at uh, is the investment manager you should look at their track record uh, you should look at what deals they have uh, have any of their deals run into difficulties uh, and uh, uh, people often ask me, how do you find out that information? I think there's a wealth of information on the net now. One can go to the individual provider's website and they publish a huge amount of information. But your financial advisor can help you. There are two particular uh, commentators in the market, uh, Alan Bridge uh, and Martin Churchill, uh, who many uh, advisors rely on to look at and compare and contrast everyone's track record or the provider's track record. And so your advisor can help you understand which is the right one. And also there are some very good uh, reviews written by people like Best Invest and Hargreaves Lansdowne. They summarise what each provider is up to. They look at their track record and I, I think they can provide some useful information. 
Okay, Lucy, thank you very much. And thanks also to David Kay, the Chief Executive of Puma Investments. Tax efficient investing is our cover feature in this week's FT Money, so you can see at a glance the key features of venture capital trusts, enterprise investment schemes, and seed enterprise investment schemes, which allow investment into very small startup companies. We've got lots of ideas for the best schemes to invest in and a case study of how your cash is put to work. Let's finish off with pensions. Most weeks, when we talk about this most important of investing vehicles, the news is bad news. More rules, lower returns, more complexity. In fact, I don't think there's been much good news on pensions since Richard III was bumped off 500 years ago. But this week, there has been a bit, just a little bit. Joe Combo is here with the glad tidings. Joe, what's gone right this week? Um, this week, we've had six uh, providers increase their rates, which is uh, a good turnaround considering... On, in general, annuity rates fell 11% last year in 2012. So we have six providers just bumping up their rates by modest amounts, about 2%. And why have they, why have they done that? Presumably not, not so out of the goodness of their hearts. Well, what's been happening is that there has been an increase in the financial products which underpin these um, annuities which insurers invest in, including corporate bonds and gilt yields. And they've edged up by about, well, gilt yields have gone up by about 10% since July last year. And corporate bonds have also risen as there has been a little bit more of um, economic certainty feeding into the market. So what has happened is those increases in those assets have been fed into annuity prices. Okay, but this being pensions, it can't all be good. So what else has happened this week? Well, there was some good news for uh, drawdown investors a couple of weeks ago. We were discussing the fact that HMRC has announced that from the end of March, from March 26, you'll be able to access a fifth more cash from your drawdown fund with uh, the income limits rising to 120%, the level where they were in 2011. Now, this is going to involve a little bit of um, tweaking of systems for insurance They've been given two months to get this sorted. Most of the insurers I've been speaking to this week say, yes, it's no problem. We can sort of flick a button and it'll be okay. You go in if you're an existing investor and you're eligible to have those higher income rates around from March 26th. They'll be ready for you. But there are two big name providers who aren't so certain and they include Aegon and Scottish Widows who told me this week that they're going to work towards it but by no means will they be ready to uh, offer existing investors uh, the higher income limits from March 26. So if you have a policy with either of those firms you may have to wait um, into Well April that seems to be the position at the moment they're saying they're doing all they can to identify the individuals who might be eligible from that point and just to recap that not every this is not a universally a rolled out increase it, it'll depend on when you hit your drawdown review that's when it will automatically apply so it could be anywhere over the next 12 months but for those people who are near March the 26th and if you're with Aegon or Scottish Widows I'd probably be phoning them seeing what their position is there's always an option to transfer your um, pension fund elsewhere that they're not obligated to pass it on I did speak to the HMRC this week and they don't have to pass on those higher limits that's important to point out so perhaps a question to ask are you going to do it and and if not then you know consider your options 
Okay, and can you just remind us, um, for, for the benefits of listeners, what sort of difference this change in the in the cap drawdown rate from 100% to 120%, what what impact could that have on well, someone with, say, a £100,000 well, pot? Just using today's, I mean, it all depends on guilt yields, but for example, if we used a £100,000 in a drawdown fund now, the increase of a fifth would mean about £1,100 extra cash you could access per year. Thank you, Joe. As ever, more detail on both of these issues in this week's FT Money. And don't forget, you can read FT Money online at www.ft.com forward slash money or on FT's tablets or Kindle editions. I can certainly recommend the latter. I just got a Kindle subscription this week. Very effective it is too for £17 a month. Other highlights of this week's issue... Hugh Young, the veteran Asian fund manager, writes about the prospects for investors in China as a new lunar year dawns. We've got a great account of how Gulam Noon, the king of Indian ready meals, made his fortune. We look at why new build property in the capital might not be quite the investment it's cracked up to be. And David Stevenson looks at how UK investors can access the strategies of one of America's leading hedge fund managers. And it's been a week that many bank executives would probably rather forget, with a roundup of all the news affecting bank shares too. Don't forget you can always catch up on the latest money news at www.ft.com forward slash money, where you can also read our blog posts there at ft.com slash money matters. But until next week, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Tanya, Lucy, Joe and our special guest David Kay of Puma Investments. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.